Welcome you into another edition of Meet Me at Mutual. I'm your host, Daniel Shopdoss. C70 is about at C70 on Twitter. With me as always, Alan Medlock from Red Dirt Redbird, A Medlock1 on Twitter. And oh my goodness, has this been a week? Um, I'm really now. Been what's been going on? Say what? I haven't been watching what's been going on. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nothing about you. Um, yeah. You hadn't missed anything. I'm just. I was trying to to build it up for the you know people get excited. You got to pull them in. Sorry, any show prep. Yeah, that's what this is what happens. We usually Alan and I do about two or three, you know, twenty or thirty minutes of talking before we start this thing. We went at it today, and I didn't get him a chance to tell him what's been going. Cardinals have not lost since we last spoke. They haven't lost since, well, almost since two shows ago. (laughs) You know. and yesterday's win, their 12th in a row, might have been the most amazing out of the whole thing. It's funny, Alan, before this streak started, the Cardinals had never rallied from four games back, four four runs back. Now they've done it twice in well, 12 games. This team, at least right now, feels like it's coming together. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, and yesterday was, I felt like your post this morning, and if anyone's listening, I would read it if they haven't already. That was exactly how I felt, and probably because you and I had been texting the whole time about it, but I was thinking, okay, this is just lines up to where Milwaukee's going to get off the mat, they're going to win a game, and uh, you go to Chicago pretty, after the 10 in a row to me, and you put that four-game lead between you, I mean, those two teams that are chasing you basically have to play perfect. So you feel pretty good about yourself at this point to win the eleventh, and then to to go in yesterday thinking that uh, you're gonna you're gonna go down five nothing with your ace on the hill, and you're that you could easily have said, "Hey, we catch the flight to uh, Chicago, we'll be good to go." Let's wait three out of four. You can't beat this. They're not gonna clinch in front of us. For them to come back and do that, man, it, it almost points to some things that you feel pretty confident in whatever play play our wild card game they're gonna play in. Uh, they're really, they're hitting on all cylinders right now. And it's, man, it's fun to watch. You talk about a complete, uh, turnaround from where we were say mid, mid July, man, it's crazy right now. Yeah. And I think it was even, I mean, Wainwright said it yesterday after the post game, I used the, the quote in the post this morning, but you know, he said, look earlier in the year, if we got down a couple of runs, you know, it was like, Oh, it's gonna be a long day. You know, this is, you know, what, and now it's like, okay, no big deal. And you're right. I mean, they've done it. It isn't that they've gone out and just completely overwhelmed people for 12 games. I mean, they've scored a lot of runs in this time period, but they've done it, you know, home runs, but also really smart base running. 
and then they've won with pitching and and defense. Um, I mean, all the facets. I, there's not a spot on this team over the last 12 days that I don't think that you could complain about, uh, which is a problem. We were talking last week, you know, about we felt like our show might have been a little bit discombobulated. And I said, maybe it's just we didn't have anything <laughs> to complain about. I don't think we've got anything really much to complain about this week either. Um, it's it's I mean, it's as good as you could hope for. Even the even the little uh, chinks in the armor that we talk about of. Mm-hmm. Maybe some of these guys are being ran into the mud uh, on in the bullpen. Man, the next appearance usually comes out pretty well. You know, it's one of those. It's it's just right now they are any lineup changes and everything. It's almost too perfect, and it worries me to have this conversation to yeah. where it's just you know they the things that ha- would go against them early in the year just that's just not the case right now. I mean, I, and I was worried yesterday because the the uh, strike zone was tight, and I was thinking. Well, this is going to be tough for, for Wainwright or Hauser because they're going to live on those corners. But Hauser just beats the ball into the ground. And I thought, they're going to have a tough time with this. Well, man, they overcame that. You know, so I- anything that, that any any wall that's been built in front of them, they're knocking it down right now. And that's, uh, it, it's just, it made it so much fun to see. And it, it's it's one of those to where I remember talking you know, ad nauseum through our shows through the middle of summer to, of, Hey, if they're just playing meaningful baseball at the end of September, then then we're going to be pretty happy com- compared to where they were. And I mean, it, it, this is way above beyond. This is way beyond expectations right now. It's awesome. Yeah, and it, boy, I mean, it almost really makes you worry. Wish that you know, you think about the the Vogelback game. You think about maybe a couple other games that they could have taken if they had been <laughs> just a little bit closer to the Brewers. I mean, we're talking. We, I mean, it's at least more in the realm of possibility we're still talking about the division you know with a run like oh, yeah i know this is going to sound ridiculous but after the four game sweep and even after winning the series i was thinking man you get a couple of those games back and then you look and then i was like well let me look at milwaukee's schedule <laughs> and, yeah, i mean they go to san francisco uh, and, you're thinking, yeah. and you're going man you if yeah a few wins here or there and this is a this is completely different you know, and that's uh, you know, they're not the juggernaut that they that they had seemed to be, or that the Cardinals are a lot better than they played all year. Yeah, and I think this is really the biggest thing is the Cardinals are just are playing much better, and I'm sure that there's games that Milwaukee's got. You know, fan their fans are saying, well, if we'd won this or that, maybe we would be closer to the you know have a bigger later had already clinched. But let me know, can I yeah. backtrack real quick on something though? I will. I I do have to say this. Um, there was a part of the series that Milwaukee sure looked like the graduating senior. Do you know what I mean by that? Of yeah. To where they were kind of going through the motions a little bit. I, I love the the guy, the player, and it's kind of weird. There was a lot of times where Yelich just did not run after balls that turned into doubles, I thought. And I was like, you know, he may be hurt, mm-hmm. but they sure they sure seem to have it on cruise control right now. And I, I do think Yelich, because I think there was a – I think there was a game plan coming into this to run on Yelich um, because you're right. Every, every ball that was hit toward him, they didn't hesitate to run. It wasn't the, Oh, there he's just not chasing things down. It's, I think, I think that back is, is getting to him enough that um, the people know that they can do that. And um, I wonder for Milwaukee, how that contract's going to look for them. You know, they signed it and it was like, this was huge deal and it was awesome. 
I'm wondering if that's going to come back and, and bite them, which I mean, most contracts do to some degree, but you know, I don't think assuming this is the new normal for a relic, which it may not be, he may heal up. He may, you know, have it take a little bit of an approach this change this off season and he may come out and hit 40 home runs again next year. But if this is closer to what you expect out of him, then um, that's not going to look so they don't think they expect that drop off. Yeah, and you know, that's one of those, even in the division rival type situation, I've always liked to get Yelich. And it's one of those to where, yes, to see that, uh, you know, he's just not killing the Cardinals right now, that that, that feels pretty good. But it, it is, it's a tough situation to watch him play. And you're right, they were all over him. And that it's funny because he was so electric at one point in his career, you just kind of wonder how bad that back actually is right now. And, uh, you know, we could go for days. I know, I know we don't want to do this, but... The funny thing to look at Yelich and Bellinger right now. I mean, it is it's 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 unreal what has happened to those guys. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you never never would have expected that. I remember there was a article on Fangraphs earlier the year comparing the two, and um, I think they thought that yeah, Bellinger had a better chance to rebound, but you know, there, it still hadn't happened yet. So uh, we'll have to see. But you know, the Cardinals to go in, and I think. I think this series shows, along with what we saw the last time the Cardinals played Milwaukee, is that the Cardinals may be seven and a half, I think it is now, which I think, again, I've told you, I really would like to see them finish the year in single digits behind the Brewers, and they've got a good chance of that now. Um, but the gap between these two teams isn't as large as that. Um because the Cardinals should have taken two or three from the Brewers last time. Um, they did just sweep them here. Um, the Brewers have the Brewers are a good team. They still may be the better team, but I don't think they're, you know, eight or nine games better than the Cardinals are. And, you know, when you get into the postseason, you know, anything can happen, of course. You watch this team right now, and I think you would take them against a lot of people. Um, I do think some of the, there's some offenses that would hurt them, but you know, they've done a, a really remarkable job pitching wise and everything. I, I think they could at least hang with just about anybody in the national league. And we've seen them do that. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And you know what? I want to, uh, um, I, uh, I want to backtrack on another thing. My, I guess the coffee's <laughs> just running through me, but, uh, they finish not in San Francisco, but in LA for, uh, you know, the three games that could mm. determine the, uh, uh, the West, but yeah, you know what? I have a really good friend who's a Giants fan, and uh, he was. We were kind of talking about things going forward and whatnot, and they were really concerned about Milwaukee. You know, they were like, "Hey, they're really, really good." And I told them, I said, "Hey, their pitching is so good that they can shorten games, and that's yeah. with a really good rotation." I said, "Because then you have that bullpen that that's that's really good." I mean, that's Ashby really impressed me in the earlier appearance against the Cardinals, but didn't look great yesterday. But you know what? You may have just been steamrolled, but, but I do think Milwaukee's really good. Um, it's funny. It's just kind of the new baseball of, did they have the same lineup at any of the point in the four game series? I don't think they did. I don't think so. Um, I mean, I wasn't paying quite that close of attention to, to it, but you know, just knowing where Yelich was batting, I would pretty sure, sh- 
pretty sure that they they didn't that they kind of alternated here and there yeah they do it's really strange the uh uh like yesterday i was glad to see garcia not in the lineup but then after mm-hmm. taylor hits two bombs i'm thinking well crap let's switch him out too <laughs> let's take our chances with another cardinal killer it was weird i mean it's it's just kind of how teams are running now you know the giants and Bro- brewers both do that i mean the, the lineups are never the same day to day yeah and i mean if you've got the players that can do that and that are comfortable with that then that's probably most ideal, right? I mean, that's that's the sabermetrics thing of being able to, you know, match up and get that little small edge every day. But, you know, I think we've seen in the past that there are some players, especially on the Cardinals and other places, that aren't comfortable with that, right? They need to, they kind of need to know where they're going to be hitting. They're going to be hitting three. They're going to be hitting four. Um, you know, every, for a day or two, they can shift here and there. But, you know, on a regular basis, they're not necessarily wanting to change their mindset that much, which is not any, I don't think that's a fault of a player. I can understand that wanting that, that consistency. Um, but it does mean that you need to have a, a more regular lineup. And, um, you know, sometimes that means, you know, not getting quite the edge that maybe you would have, but, you know, I also think that the Cardinals, you know, they don't have that bench either. If they had a bench that was a little bit deeper then maybe they're doing a little bit more, manipulating of who plays when although with the guys that they have with you know on the corners and behind the plate you know, they're gonna play every day so um i don't know how much they would be able to do yeah and that's it, it just it just seems like that's some of the new mm-hmm. uh, you know the, the new lineups and right. it's funny i mean anybody who listens to this show knows that i'm pretty much stuck in the uh the form of hey you run out your nine run out your eight and figure it out from there. But, you know, teams go 12 deep now. I mean, there's not necessarily a, a situation of, hey, our bench is really good. It's the fact that they have 12 starters, you know, yeah. one of those type deals. So it, it's just interesting to watch. I mean, it was one of those, th- I was just thinking, I don't I don't remember if they ever had the same lineup in those four games. And I don't think they did. I probably didn't. Uh, and like you said, it was just, and it's somewhat, you know, a factor this time of year, you know, probably are trying to get some people, you know, kind of keep the people sure, rested, sure. but also getting ready. Cause they are, I mean, they're going to the post. They already know they're going to the postseason, and they're going to win that division. I mean, if it was anything more than three game, you know, magic number, then maybe we could talk about it. But you know, the fact the Cardinals would pretty much have to win out. Uh, and, and granted it looks like that's possible, but, um, but not really likely. Uh, and so I don't, you know, they might be able to give them a little bit of a scare, but I don't think this is a, a 2006 situation where the Cardinals just about, you know, gave away that division in the last week to the Astros. So, um, so they're going to, you know, they're probably going to claim they could clinch it. Um, well, as early as today, technically, um, if the Cardinals lost both sets to the double header and they, Milwaukee won their game. So, um, it's going to happen. And so they can, they can afford to play with a little less urgency and be able to rest some players and, and kind of have a, an eye for something else. And that's what we found out, you know, yesterday you and I were talking to him like, why aren't they going to, you know, it was the seventh inning and it was like, why aren't they going to Devin Williams and the Josh Hader? Well, it turned out Williams had a, a calf injury. And so they're mm-hmm. trying to, you know, make sure they don't have to put him on the injured list while, you know, but they could afford to do that because they've got that kind of lead. So got the um, yeah, but you know, overall, you know, if you put these, if these two teams had to start fresh right now, 
you know, and play like a month of baseball to see who would be the, you know, who would win the division. I think I'd take the Cardinals over the Brewers. Tough not to, you know, tough not to, it's just, a, you feel that, um, you know, when you, when you, when you have uh, Goldschmidt doing what he's doing, Arnado doing what he's doing, I mean, we're going to have a third, we're going to be, have two 30 home run guys and, you know, pushing that hundred RBI mark with Goldschmidt. It's, um, it's tough to root against that lineup. You know, that's, it's kind of what they've wanted all year and that's not even bringing up O'Neill. You know, and they, uh, yeah. it's tough not to go. It's, it, it's tough not to, to, uh, it's tough to pick against them right now. Yeah. O'Neill is at 29 homers as well. Yeah. So, you know, you're both of those guys hit one more bomb and you've got three thirty home run guys. And I, you'd have to go back and look, but it feels like it's been a while since they've had that. Right. I mean, yeah. I mean, I think about, I mean, it wasn't, it, we didn't make a big deal out of it, but when, uh, Jerko hit 30, we went back yeah. and looked, and I was like, that's a pretty special situation. You know what I mean? Cardinals hadn't had that in a little while. And then to have it now that it comes so easy in a, in a situation where they're, we heard rumblings of them moving the fences in at their home ballpark, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, and I, it's exactly. The way the ballpark is playing now where you can't really do much of anything. I mean, like I'm looking right now at the park factors here at um, on Baseball Reference, and they're at – you know, 93 and 92, which means they're, you know, seven to 8% um, more toward pitching than hitting. Yeah. I mean, there's, it's, it's fairly significant. Um, so to, yeah, to see those guys doing what they're doing is, uh, is a lot of fun. Um, there's no doubt about it. And it's this lineup now. I mean, let's give Mike Schultz some credit for, you know, I think recognizing not necessarily, I mean, as much as we like Paul Young, not sticking with him because this is obviously not his year. Um, and, and switching to Sosa, we're not seeing, you know, you don't see much Matt Carpenter. When Bader's hitting, and right now he seems to be, this lineup feels pretty long, right? I mean, it's it's a situation where it's not like, oh, they got past Goldschmidt and Arenado, so we're going to have to wait three innings before we have a chance to score again. Um it feels like now pretty much anybody could get a could get an inning started and it could turn over the lineup pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah, they, anybody can walk into one right now, and they uh, they're pretty dangerous, you know. And it's uh, it's fun to say that. I mean, and it, we're getting to that point now, or we have been, to where the the meat of the lineup is doing so well that you take the defense and and take it as a blessing when you get a hit from some of these guys. And I mean, they're taking it to another level. I mean, like yesterday, honestly. Did you have any doubt that Molina was going to drive that run in? I didn't. You know, and it's one of those situations that that feels pretty good, and it's it's one of those that was 50-50 most of the year. Yeah, I didn't I didn't knew he'd drive the run in. I was, you know, and it, he hit the ball in the air. I said, okay, there's a sacrifice fly, and then it kept carrying. And I thought for a minute there he might have done more than just drive the run in. Yeah, yeah I was uh, like, that'd be special. Yeah, I. When was the last Molina home run? It's been a while, hasn't it? I mean, it kind of feels to me like Yachty's got. Yeah, he still got his moments. He still got his, you know, but his he power. Had, yeah, well, he had the pl- he had the home run that felt like an October home run, and was that not the last? It was the last home series. I know that. Um, yeah, and it yeah. may have even been San Diego in the first game. Um, might have been. Let me just double pull up his game log. Uh, it was the game. Actually, it was a game that they they bring him right before the streak. It was. Um, He's hit one against the 
Reds. He hit one okay. against the Dodgers, and then he hit once against Milwaukee. He hit three this month, so I guess it's not okay. as bad. No. So. Yeah, um, that's. I just I couldn't remember which game it was. I knew that. Uh, I knew that you could kind of feel like he had the juices flowing after he yeah, hit. Yeah. Um. So, you know, I, you, you get this. You, you get that September feel to Yachty. He's gonna get. Yeah, you're right. He's gonna get. He he smells it. I mean, that's it, ever since Yachty. Even in 2006, it feels like Yachty has been that guy. Right, that guy that he might not hit at all anywhere else. But when there's a runner on second or third in a game that needs the run needs to come in, he's going to get that run in. Um, he's going to get that base hit that's going to drive in a run. And I don't know. I don't know if I've seen, except maybe Albert, another guy that is almost that automatic with a situation like that. It's funny that you bring it up like that. I've been thinking a lot about Pujols lately, just, it, just for several reasons, but it this is the first time that you could kind of feel like we could say that. And I've told you, you know, off the air several times that my gut feeling seems to be going away and, and incorrect more than ever, just because I remember those days of, I mean, even as, even in, you know, 11, 12, 13 or 14 to where you knew something was going to happen. You knew yeah. someone was going to drive a run in and those kind of disappeared after a little while. And this year it really bothered me because I was like, man, I really felt like that was one of those situations. Well, now it's one of those I feel like you can bank on it again. And, uh, yeah, it, it, just what a special player. I mean, it's one of those to where, you know, it, there's going to be all the Hall of Fame argument and whatnot. But, I mean, he just has meant so much to the Cardinals. And to be able to do that, I mean, it's just – any veteran should aspire to be able to perform like that, I think. Yeah, yeah, it's um, it's incredible – to what he's done and um and we'll get to continue to do next year uh and we'll we'll have fun with that hopefully as well but um like i say it's 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 been exciting it's been great you're right there are still those few little chinks in the armor and there's probably something we could talk about a little bit because it does i mean i think to some degree you don't want to you know get way too high uh, because it's very easy to do. We get real high, we get real low. You know they lose four in a row. It's like this team's never going to win again, and now it's like World Series champions. Um, but there is got to be a little bit of concern that you know once this burns out a little bit, that you know they've got to you know still be able to pick up and, and win some more games. And I do worry a little bit about that bullpen, um, partly because they've played so many games this lately that they, you know, they're playing and this, because that's the other remarkable thing about this, this uh, winning streak. It was against teams over 500. It was teams in the playoff race, at least until the Cardinals got done with them. Um, these have not been easy games and they've been games the Cardinals need to win. And so they've had to go to Gallegos. They've had to go to Garcia. They've had to go to McFarland. They've had to go to these guys a lot. And I'm not, I'm not faulting what Mike Schilt's doing because again, he's trying to win these ball games and it's his point in time, but there does feel like there's going to come a point where that's, they're just not going to have anything left. And I'm, I get a little concerned that that might happen, you know, as they get into October. Yeah, potentially. I mean, and it, it's, it's one of those deals. It's one of those situations too, to where, um, you know, you kind of have both hands out in a situation, not you, just as us yeah. as fans, to where this is what we've wanted out of Schilt. 
You know what I mean? This is that. I mean, there was a lot of, hey, you know, that's, uh, you know, why use this guy again? And we knew that the bullpen, you looking back now, it was taxed more than we thought. You know, he was probably trying to get reinforcements that they didn't have. And that it just didn't, I mean, you just, you, you had to roll with it. And now it's turned into the shield that we knew that was coming or expected to come to where he's a different manager now. And uh, he's willing to pull the trigger quick on some of those guys. Like you and I were talking about after win number 10, you're just like, okay, I think this is one of those situations to where it's the result is going to be secondary to the rest of that bullpen. And we kind of both agreed that that's probably what was going to happen. But the first guy they got up was McFarland. <laughs> you yeah, know, you needed rest more than anybody. And you're thinking, okay, well, what's Miller going to need to do to get it, to earn a little bit of trust back in this? But ultimately, they scored enough runs where it was it didn't make a difference, and they and they were able to rest a lot of those guys. But yeah, you're right. I mean, I would expect, yeah, for some reason, seven inning games just add. It's almost like you use less guys in a seven inning. I know it doesn't make sense. I know that doesn't make sense, but I mean, you're going to expect half to go five today, and then you can piece together the the next. You hope that's the case anyway. Yeah. And then, of course, you have that the prescriptive Flaherty situation where you probably have someone ready to go behind him relatively quickly. If not, you're probably going to use four or five guys. Which, with the two day games following that, that that could add a wrinkle. But it's funny. It's. I would expect Garcia to go a little bit today where he probably doesn't need to, but that's kind of the case with he and, and Gallegos at this point. They're going to they're gonna get their big outs no matter what the situation is. Yeah, it, it feels like it. Um, you know, obviously Garcia stumbled a little bit in the last week or so, you know, had his scoreless streak stop. But that, that McFarlane warm-up was weird to me. I mean, you're right. Six-run lead in the eighth inning. I mean, I know it's Milwaukee, but – you know, you've got three guys, and, and that's the thing. I mean, he's not using the full bullpen, and, he, and and I don't blame him. He doesn't really trust them. But, you know, Andrew Miller, Justin Miller, and then KK rarely get used. And we saw KK yesterday, and we saw maybe why KK rarely gets used, although he did, he was able to get out of the jam that he put himself in. Um, but, you know, I... It, you wonder if they had just maybe one more arm out there that they that they felt good about in the late innings. You know? Are they are they banking on that being Hudson? See, I don't. And, and this, I want to talk about Dakota Hudson because the Hudson situation just doesn't make much sense to me. If they're banking on Hudson to be that extra arm in that in the bullpen. Why are they worried about getting him up to seventy five or eighty pitches? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That's a great point. You know, that's the thing is they're talking today about, well, whether they need to add Hudson or not. And I'm like, well, you know, look, I mean, at most you're going to get two outings out of him if he's starting. And he's not a guy that now I will say if they wanted to, which I don't think they do, but if they wanted to, you know, Jack Flaherty could be that arm in the bullpen. Because if you could bring Jack Flaherty into a game in the seventh inning or eighth inning, you know, once every three or four days, you know, as he tries to build up, then that's uh-huh. something. But I don't think they're going to go that way. I don't think they want to take that risk. Um, but I don't I don't really understand what they're doing with Hudson. I mean, if he's not going to start, why is he, you know, why did he make like four rehab starts and they're talking about maybe sending him back and doing another one tonight, depending on what the situation is. But if he is going to start, 
you know, why are you bothering with this year? Because you're going to get one appearance out of him, you know, and then I don't know that you put him on the postseason roster, not with that kind of stuff. So I don't really get what they're doing there. Yeah, it was. So if anybody listened to uh, Michael Gersh was on with uh, Danny Mack this week, and it was a really good fight. It was a really good listen. Um, it well, <laughs> okay, let me say, let me say the negativity first. Gersh needs to learn a lot of PR skills from Mo because you, when he gets pressed on questions, he doesn't have the Mo type ganache. Let's put it that way. <laughs> you know, it's it's one of those you can kind of get some things out of him because he doesn't know how to dance around it. Um, so that's probably why Dan had him on the uh, the the excuse, not excuse, but the reasoning for Hudson made a lot of sense to me of we're going to try to stretch him out to 85 pitches and we we don't care about the result of the game. We want him to do that. Well, in the big leagues right now, we just don't have that. We don't have the the leverage to do that. Made a lot of sense. My question immediately turned into, well, why didn't you say that from the beginning? You know, that's, and maybe it's like, well, that's for us to know and and to keep that in-house. But it, it didn't make a lot of sense to me. You know, for us, with the injury history, when we we see him in St. Louis, thinking that he's going to be activated in that bullpen within the week. Everybody's talking about it. And then you hear, hey, he's going to make one more rehab start. You're thinking, okay, did he not bounce back very well? Or, or what is, what's the situation? Mm-hmm. So to be able to map that out made a lot of sense. Um, I really don't it's, – it's kind of a strange situation. Basically, he just said they're trying to stretch him out that, that, to that length to get him on track to be ready to go next year, which I, like I said, I think that's what we all expected in the first place, but you know, admit it. We, we just, we want to see some guys get some outs in the bullpen. You know, that's where we are right now as fans. The Flaherty situation is interesting to me and I'm sorry to cut you off. No, no, go ahead. I I have a, I have a lot of Chris Carpenter feeling with Flaherty. I know that we hear the 15 pitches today and I'm sure that's probably what we'll get. I am. You, you can't convince me that he's not going to start a game in a playoff series though. Yeah. Well, yeah, I believe that because if he goes 15 today, then they're going to let him pitch one he'll more time. 95 pitch track by Wednesday or whatnot. Uh, he'll pitch. He'll pitch again. And he'll pitch 30 to 40 pitches for all his second start, and that means he'd probably be up to you know 60 if the Cardinals can get past the wild card game and, and pitch against either the Dodgers or the Giants in the NL in LDS. And then if if for some reason they get past that, then he can be up to, he can be almost you know closer to full strength by the, the national the championship series. Um, yeah. I, I think that they'll, you know, this is something that they're going to contrast instead of extending him at the minors, try to do it here at the Bakley level. Um, I just, you know, I get what Gersh is saying on Hudson about trying to get him ready for next year and that's fine, but he went, what do you go like 60 or 70 pitches last time? He's going to have to do work in the offseason. I, I don't get, you know, why another starter or so in the minor leagues is going to help him for next year that much. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, I just, it's weird. Uh, I mean, and I'm not a big Hudson guy. I mean, I'm not sure how he works in the bullpen because, you know, he brings some of that stuff that we saw a lot this year. He walks a lot of guys in the typically, and he definitely, you know, you got to figure he's going to after, a year off uh, walk some guys. He doesn't strike out a lot of guys. He does get ground balls and that's a good thing. Um, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure how that works in this bullpen, but it's a fresh arm. And apparently it's, I mean, I guess they would trust him more than Justin Miller maybe and use him a little bit more often, but 
I man, I, d- I don't know that I would just because of I know he's had the rehab starts, but still, he hasn't pitched in the major league since you know sometime last year, and and these are big important games. I'm not sure I just necessarily want to throw him right out there. Well, and I think I'm with you on that, and and I'm you know I'm kind of on the other side of the spectrum. I kind of like Hudson, you know what I mean, and I'm going to be glad to see him back next year, and there's some stability in that, and I think that there's a lot of upside there, but I just don't. It drives me insane, and I feel like there's several case studies going on with the Cardinals right now where they feel like, hey, he's going to be a big starter for us, but let's throw him in the bullpen. I just don't think it's apples to apples, and I think guy, and I just don't think guys respond that well to that and I think that a perfect example is Woodford Woodford never felt like he had a he had a role you know and the card that role that the Cardinals put anybody in of a long man sits out there and gets you know you you uh you're going to uh you're gonna have dust on you you know it's because they never use you and then you come in a game you argue with your catcher and you get released you know that's it's one of those situations I can't stand that they use the guys that way the um um it, I, I don't know. I, I would love to see him back, and I think it means a lot to him to pitch in a major league game this year, and I think that's a lot of their plan. But I just I – I can't stand that, hey, he would be a great seventh-inning guy for us right now. I just don't – I just don't always think it works that way. And, you know, I mean, this is – yeah, it's great to be able to tell him that. But it's also going to come at the expense of somebody. Um, yeah. You yeah, know, this, that's great. That's a great, great point. I mean, they brought up – you know, they did release Daniel Ponce de Leon and brought up Brandon Waddell who still hasn't pitched. Um, But that was, as as I think Jeff Jones pointed out, that means that when Flaherty comes up today as part of the 29th man, uh, the 29th man on the, you know, for a double header, (laughs) then at the end of the game, they can option Waddell because otherwise they didn't have anybody that they could do that with. Um, But when Hudson comes in, again, there's nobody else to option down. I mean, not unless you're talking about, you know, well, uh, you know, Cody Whitley and Whitley's pitched well enough that. You're yeah, he's that. he's in the inner circle now. Right. Um, so, you know, somebody's somebody's losing the job, basically. And it's probably Justin Miller just because I don't think they're going to let Andrew Miller go with a week left in the, you know, and we've talked about, you know, his clubhouse presence and all that kind of stuff. Um, I mean, it very much has to be Justin Miller um, to, to be that. Um, so. And that's, you know, maybe that's what you do. Maybe that's the best thing. But if it's just about, you know, letting Hudson have a place up here, is it worth, you know, I mean, I guess he'll get paid either way. And, but he's, you know, right now, that's the thing about these 28 man rosters. Pretty much everybody's going to make the postseason roster. You know, it's not yeah. like it used to be. So not like you had to sit there and try to figure out who's going to, you know, how, who out of these are going to make it, you know, and, and Justin Miller might've been one of the guys left off, but, you know, still kind of, it kind of feels weird to me um, to, to be doing this for what isn't necessarily an overwhelming need or desire there. But, you know, I don't know. I don't know how that, you know, how that kind of work. Um, sure. And, and this weekend will tell us a lot. I mean, yeah. for, you know, fortunately or unfortunately. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know when we'll, you know, I don't know if they'll hear about Hudson today or um, if it'll wait to see how things, um, go uh go today before they decide to make it i i don't know well um, and we had talked about this as something that just kind of occurred to me now can sit now there's 10 games to go so that that there's a lot that has to happen but 
if they do coast in and you're able to build enough of a cushion to where you know Wainwright's going in the play-in game, does Hudson get that ceremonial start that they've been known, that they've known to do before? That would be a possibility. I could see that. I could see that. Um, um, depending on how, yeah, you know, I mean, yeah, just spitballing here. I mean, I, like, like it, four and a half, five and a half. I'm fairly confident at this point. I, I mean, it, they, those yeah. things have basically had to put, play perfect, and I just kind of wonder if that's not factoring in a little bit. But they made that determination the first of the week before they split Milwaukee as well. So you know, I, I don't know where they're where they're thinking. And we won't know until the end, and then they'll say something like we should have known all along, you know? Yeah, probably so. Uh, they maybe just got to – and I, I, at, one, at some point in time, there's you know there's a limit on how long a guy could be out on rehab. I don't know if Hudson's going to hit that. Um, and so they're going to have to bring him up at some point in time, and so they might as well try to do it now. I don't, I don't know for sure. I don't know when he started his rehab, but it feels like it was, it was this month, right? It wasn't – it was in September, I think, so he should be fine. But um, I don't know. It just seems a little bit strange. It's not a, thankfully, not a big deal. Um, and I, as you referenced, um, they did release, they did uh, designate for assignment Daniel Ponce de Leon, and he cleared waivers, which is not a big surprise. What really did surprise me is they didn't just assign him to Memphis. They flat out let him go. Um I, you know, again, we've talked about it. They still would have had control over him if they wanted to give him, you know, league minimum contract for next year. Um, and they would have at least had another arm. It feels like he must have really, really burned some bridges. Yeah. Yeah. I think that there may be more to the uh, uh, conversation that I can't remember if we had on air or we probably had it off air, to be honest with you. But uh, there was a, there was a point that that I kind of wondered, like his answers and everything in press conferences and whatnot, he did not come off like the most likable guy to me. Um, and I wonder if that wasn't a clubhouse type issue as well. Um, you know, you never know. I mean, he argued with one guy you probably can't argue with. And, uh, you know, that didn't end very well. And it was funny how, you know, you and I and a few others had to exchange text messages like, uh, you know, what happens here? Is this a big leagues or nothing type situation? Because if he passes waivers, which he's going to, because no one wants to pick him up at this point because right. he doesn't have those options. And it kind of turned out to be nothing re- really quickly. I was honestly surprised that we saw the tweet that he was going to be assigned to Memphis. I was thinking yeah. oh, they probably would have done it. Now. And there may be some red tape that you have to go through to do that. I, I don't know. But it kind of surprised me. I was like, boy, that's you talk about the bad apple situation, but so yesterday the release didn't surprise me. And uh, I was a little more surprised to see that he was even reassigned in the first place. I don't know. Was it the, did the, did the team say that he was reassigned? Cause it may have I, been. I think, you know what, now that you say that, I'm not sure I didn't see anything other than just pundits talking about it. Yeah. I think I'm trying to think I saw maybe, maybe Jeff Jones or, or somebody that saw him clear and just assumed that he was going to Memphis. Um, which is a good assumption. I mean, that's the way usually this thing works. I mean, we saw Tyler Webb earlier in the year, right? I mean, he got waved off the 40-man, went to Memphis, and as far as I know, is still down there. Um, you know, that you know, that's the kind of thing's happened a couple times. Um, if they haven't been claimed off waivers, then they've usually gone to Memphis. Um, now granted, Memphis only has, you know, eight or so games left, so maybe it wasn't worth sitting him down there for that, but um, still it surprised me a, a little bit um, because, you know, as if he is Ponce de Leon really is, I mean, we, he, if he ever figured out his control, maybe he would be something. 
Um, we saw this year how much depth was important. We saw the last two years um, as Oviedo had to be pressed into surface, um, how much depth is important. And again, he's not a guy you would necessarily want, but you know, going, you take him in this free training, probably if he, you know, I guess with no options, it wasn't, you know, the odds of him surviving and having a great break league camp were probably pretty slim, but um it definitely felt like they were sending a message of don't don't mess with Yachty, which like everybody already knows. So um, I don't know. I was a little bit surprised because the Cardinals haven't always gone with that, you know, so obviously um, I don't think they like the idea of one player runs the team, that kind of idea. But, you know, I yeah, I it would be very interesting to know what that conversation actually was. Yeah. And if it was the you know, the the final straw type thing. Sure. And it, that, you're right. And they want to be above bar on those things and don't want to release a guy, especially with a story like Ponce. Right. So I think that a lot of things point to the fact that that Molina may have been right on this one. You know what I mean? And that may yeah. be reading way too much into it. But uh I'm I'm assuming that Ponce probably wasn't happy with usage, probably wasn't happy with going up and down and you know, one of those things. And and the role that he was that they put him in is one that would make anybody unhappy that's trying to gain ground in the big league because they just don't use him enough. You know, it's tough to keep fresh. But, you know, a lot of their guys don't get released, you know, in those situations. Yeah. So um, it it points to there's probably a lot more that we just don't know. Well, and I mean again, you know, I get not being happy and everything, but it's also hard to argue that the Cardinals have done that wrong, right? I mean, he had a couple of scoreless innings against the Dodgers, which was nice, but, you know, he twice this month has walked three batters in an, in an outing. Yeah. Um, you know, he's got an ERA, yeah. you know, over six, which is not necessarily all his fault, but um, it's not great. Um, and, and, some of, and some of that's just because he had a really bad – beginning of the year sure remember remember he was actually in the starting rotation for a bit he had two starts at the beginning of the year that's how well think well yeah think about where we were i mean we were debating on is it going to be ponce or gant in the rotation you know type type deal and it's kind of funny that to think about now it seems like eons ago and it wasn't that long ago yeah so it's yeah it's weird And, and you know what's one of those I, this is going to sound terrible. I mean, I'm not a guy to, to say, hey, I'm glad you lost your job, or I don't want to come off like that at all. But right. there's a part of me that get that I like when they the Cardinals finally make these moves because as Cardinals fans, I mean, I, I get tired of waiting on potential. Mm-hmm. And it's it's one of those, I just feel like that just gets ran into the ground. I know that they I know that they get beat up for some of the moves that they made that seem to may have been a little premature. Um, I don't know, you can argue any of those, being your, uh, you know, why they why the Rosarena deal and in the Garcia deal and and I'm uh, drawing a blank with the first baseman in New York. Holt. Holt, yeah, yeah, you know, and it's one of those to where you uh, it was refreshing to me that they're just like, okay, I'm glad they pulled the trigger on this. Now to go to Memphis and let's see if you can learn how to throw strikes down there. You know, I'm I'm just glad they made the move. You know, whatever circumstances it was under, I, I'm just glad that they they kind of moved on that, and it kind of shows an urgency throughout the uh, the system that I feel like it lacks at times. Yeah, well, and it and like I said, it, it helps that Ponce is you know what he was doing, and it isn't necessarily out of line with what he's done over his career. Um, it also helps that he'll turn thirty in January, which is wow. kind of surprising to me. 
Um, but if, you know, at that age you start saying, you know, this may be what you are. Um, so it's somebody may pick him up and somebody may be able to tinker with his mechanics and somebody might get something out of him. And hopefully that's the case. Um, because you're right. I mean, it's a great story to be able to bounce back from that, you know, that line drive to the head. Um, and he had a couple, you know, his first couple years in the big leagues weren't too bad. Um, but the last, you know, last year was a little bit of a struggle. And then this year has been actually, and, it, and it's just really boils down to not throwing strikes. Um, and so if somebody can get him to throw strikes, maybe, maybe there's something there. Um, but until then, he, if they do find it out, I don't know that he'll be one of those ones that people will complain about. I mean, yeah. I see people complain about Patrick Wisdom, and I'm like, why? I mean, Patrick Wisdom did nothing here. He went to Texas, did nothing there. He's 30-something years old. He's, you know, a late bloomer. That's great, and I'm glad for him. But I don't think that Patrick Wisdom goes in the same argument <laughs> as Randy Rosarena. And yeah. You know, honestly, I think Adolis Garcia is closer to Patrick Wisdom. Than, but Yeah. You know. I, no, I completely agree with that. And you know what? As much as I want to sit here and and – I don't want to dog Patrick Wisdom. I love the fact that you get your opportunity, you run with it. Yep. He's playing in a no pressure situation, you know, and that makes a big difference. That's why some of why some of those teams are dangerous to play this time of year because they're playing for jobs and and not playing for anything other than you know it, getting the crowd you know on their feet, you know, that type situation. I think that makes a big difference. Well, and that, yeah, that's true. But he also, I mean, he was like what, like player of the month back when the Cubs were actually in contention or something like that. So, I mean, now he definitely is. I mean, definitely it's like, you know, he's the man now, which is kind of a hard thing to imagine. Um, And honestly, pulling up his his splits here, he's hitting 157 here in um, September. So, um, and that's, I mean, he's got power. There's no doubt about that, but um you know, it's, it's a lot of hitting, it's a lot of swing and miss, I think too, it looks like. So, um, you know, there's a, a lot of strikeouts and not a lot of walks. So, and he's playing in Wrigley field. He wouldn't have that kind of power in St. Louis. We've talked sure. about that. So, yeah. Um, and I think that's that, you know, that kind of, we've talked about it before. That's, you know, boy, there's that kind of thing. He wouldn't have done that in St. Louis and, um, a Rose Raina might have, I think Rose Raina is really the big miss out of all those guys just because, they could have given him a shot and he's obviously yeah. come back to earth a little bit now, but they didn't, you know, they're playing Tommy Edmond over him in the outfield as, as Ben Humphreys likes to point out on Cardinals off day quite often. Um, and that's, you know, we tell this at a time. That's just, that doesn't make sense. Um, sure. So, yeah. And that, I think that that will always stick out for, you know, two things. There was, there was a need and there was a, not a want from the big, from the, for management to give him a shot. Yep. And then he goes and succeeds on the biggest stage of the, you know, that you can, right. you know, so all those things wrapped into one made it look that much worse. Um, but you're exactly right. You know, that's the one that, that will be the big miss. And, you know, there were some factors in there that they just, that they, that they should have to kind of, that they have to, you're going to have to take the the brunt for this one because you, you were the one that chose not to play him, you know, type situation. You know, that being said, I don't know that he fits in this outfield right now, right? No, I mean, he, no. I mean, they, as far as the outfield goes, they played their cards right. You know, they, that's you know, we went in thinking that was going to be a weakness, and that's just definitely not the case. Yeah, I mean, we didn't. We we've talked about it early in the year, trying to figure out. You know, there was always this idea of Tyler O'Neill played regularly. We get some. I yeah. don't know that anybody expected him to be 
almost an MVP level kind no. of guy. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I remember having a conversation right when when O'Neill came up that uh, you know I I remembered it was at uh, you know it was one of the events that we were there and we were talking about the possibility of him being a five or six four player just because of the speed and power, you know. And but you thought that there was going to be a lot of swing and miss in that situation. Um, early in the year, I remember when we had Rod, Rob Rains on and we made the, that we had the conversation that uh, Rob had kind of given up on him and said, he's just, mm-hmm. we just don't think he's going to be there. And you and I had made the comment of if he stays healthy, he's going to be a fan favorite just because he does the things that, that fans want to see. He's going to steal a lot of bases. He's going to run well, and he's going to hit a lot of home runs. Well, he's exceeded all those things to me. Yeah, that's, I mean, he's been... I mean, I don't know what you could ask for more. I mean, he strikes out, but that's that's part of the baseball today. Yeah. Um, and when he's got everything else, that's that's remarkable to me. And you know, would a Rosarena? You know, if you had Rosarena, you know, maybe you have Carlson playing center. But I, there's so much that Harrison Bader has brought defensively, and I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Without a doubt. I think more than anything, that's what this team has that maybe not everybody else does. It's just that not just good defense, but somewhat otherworldly defense. I mean, you've got Bader and O'Neill covering so much ground out there and Carlson making plays like he's, you know, going I, through walls. Um, and then you got the gold lovers at the corners and you've got Sosa making good plays. Yeah. I mean, it's just, and Edmund's another player at second too. He needs yeah. to stay here. I mean, that's their defense yeah. is one thing. I, I made the comment to a couple of buddies of mine. I said, "There's a they potentially could have five gold glovers in this situation. Mm-hmm. You could go the corners. You're going to get some Molina vote, no matter how many people say that yeah, that he's he's lost a step, which he may have. But you're going to get the you know center, left, first, third, and catcher potentially. And I will say this, and this was one of those. I made a comment on Twitter the other day, and and uh, I got some refute on it. But I just want to say, Carlson, a full year in right field, is going to be pushing those gold glove." Candidacies. I'm telling yeah. you, he he can really play out there. He's got a cannon, he, and he can run. He will. I think he's really comfortable, and I think you can tell the difference. Uh, he's going to take a hit this year because of the time in center, but I think that he's a really, really good right fielder. Yeah, I mean, the only things we can I can even think of, and it's been a while now. You know, he had those couple of plays where he came in sliding, trying to catch the ball, and it got away from him. Um, but I mean, those were tough plays to start with, and. Other than that, I mean, I yeah, I can't think of a thing that he's you know, you know, misplayed. He throws for the most part. I think there's a couple of throws he's thrown to the wrong base, but for the most part, yeah, he, you know, and you're right. He can he can throw people out, and it's uh, it's great to see. I, it, <laughs> I mean, that's why that's why you could go out and get John J Hap J Hap and John Lester because whatever they're hit throwing, somebody's going to catch it, and you know, they're going to look a lot better with that defense behind them. I, I do hope, I think Lester, I really feel like Lester's going to retire um, at the end of this. And I kind of hope that they don't necessarily sign Hap because I'm not sure he can repeat what he's done, especially if they bring the fences in. Um, but to be able to get those kind of guys and just say, you know, here's what you best at, throw these pitches. And if they hit them, don't worry about it. Um, because not only you know, are they going to get caught pretty much everywhere? Bush Davis will keep the ball in the ballpark. So, yeah. um, you know, you, of course you have to play on the road a lot and, and that doesn't help, help a lot, but you know, Lester pitched well in Milwaukee. He just gave up those two big home runs, but they were solo shots. Sure. And that was the only thing he gave up. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, Lester's been, a, I mean, better than advertised. I, feel, I, you know, I feel like you know, you hear some adjustments and whatnot, but I just like the old warrior mentality to go and get outs. Um, yeah. And they've definitely needed it. And uh, yeah, he's pitched pretty well. It's an interesting take on the retirement. I that's one that I hadn't thought about. I I kind of thought there were, there was going to be a shoe in assigning one of those. You know, and I felt like that was kind of the. Uh, I kind of thought that's why they traded for for both of them anyway. You know, and, and it's actually worked out perfectly. But I've really thought that they would uh, sign one of them. And, and for the longest time, I thought it was going to be Lester. I was surprised that Gould was so quick to say that it, it was going to be Hat just because they had circled him so long. Illinois native, you know, one of those things that kind of point to that happening. But uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it is it's funny. I I love to see those guys pitch, and, and it's one of those where he Lester had a great point. He said offensively you can see momentum building in a lineup because no one wants to be the next out. He goes in the rotation. You can see the same thing. And man, he's hit the nail on the head. You know, everybody has pitched so well. The one, the one blip through the rotation right now was Wayne Wright yesterday. And that's just, those things happen, you know, and and it's one of those, he still pitched pretty well. So Mm -hmm. it's the momentum of the the rotation is really impressive to watch right now. I mean, you could argue if he got, I mean, because there's a couple calls against Escobar oh, that yeah, should have yeah. been strikes. I mean, yes. literally, yes. not even Without just a little bit off the corner. They were actually in the zone. You know, if he gets those calls, I mean, you know, maybe Taylor doesn't even bat or yeah. doesn't you, bat with a base loaded. You see this more than advertised, and people will act like you don't. But I did notice that uh, Molina turned around a bunch, and he did the pause. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he turned the hit pause a bunch of times yesterday, especially early in the game. Well, I heard. I, w- I didn't see it, but I was reading on Twitter that they <laughs> – Molina and Wainwright stopped afterwards to talk to him after an inning. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, so there was there was some displeasure. Not as bad, I don't think, as the um, whoever it was against the Padres, which was the worst strike zone that I have ever ever seen. Boy, that might cost them too. Well, it was yeah. funny yesterday. There was a pitch. I mean, it was. I, I just about said some not safe for work comments that I say at the ballpark, but uh, there was a pitch that was, you could not have gotten any better. And the, the, they put one and one on the board and they put and Verducci was talking about the strike call and comes back and goes, was that not a strike? He honestly said that on the broadcast. Yeah. Ron starts laughing and goes, yeah, I thought the same thing. <laughs> and they had to change the, uh, the, uh, the screen from a, a one, one to a two Oh. I was like, it was that obvious, and there was several yeah. times you could tell you couldn't, you didn't know what he called. Yeah, that's you know we've we've seen that a lot. You know, the ump scorecards are very interesting, and it's really cool when you see one that's almost perfect. I mean, and, there, and there's a lot of them that are pretty good, but then boy, when they're bad, and it was, <laughs> the thing was, and the thing was, I think it was, I think it was that game. I think it was yesterday, but it might have been the game before that Milwaukee was favored by like. You know, the calls went Milwaukee's way like 0.5 runs or something. Wow. Like and, you know, and it was like, but they got beat by, you know, whatever. You know, it's like the Cardinals are winning even when they, you know, they're beating the umpires as well to some degree, you know. Now, which game was that? Do you remember? Boy, I, I don't. I, those scorecards don't usually come out till the next day. Okay. So it must have been the, the game on Wednesday night where they just blew them out. I think. That would make that would make some sense. The reason I say that is I have noticed that Laz Diaz, who would have called Wednesday night, yeah, yeah. is a big Yachty fan. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think there's some pretty good rapport there. Well, but no, I mean, I, but but Milwaukee got the benefit of the call. That's what I'm saying. saying. That's what I'm saying, yeah. though. That's, I was like, that would surprise me if it was the Diaz game. Oh yeah, yeah, I got you, I got you. Um, but it might have it might have been though. Um, 
course, Laz Diaz has a reputation of just not calling much anything. Nah, but he's still one of my favorites. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> um, but probably because he took out those uh, guys from Chicago that one time. Yeah, he's um, just... You know, the ones that came, what, the father and son that came over and charged him? Um, what was that? That's been years was ago. Was that Diaz? See, I, I was thinking that was Angel. No, no, because if it was Angel, people would let him do it. Um, you know, he's a mili- he's a big, he's a bad military vet, though. Yeah, that's, 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 that's the thing. Both of them are, actually, to be honest with you. That Diaz and Angel. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was. Yeah, it was Diaz in okay. 2003, it looks like. No, 2006, I guess. Um, no, it was 2003. April of 2020, 2003. Um, yeah, they tacked him and tackled him up and security got him but that's uh and that was <laughs> Those to hear the background of some of the umpires you you quickly realize why some of the guys don't push back on them yeah you know what i mean and i think the one that's really funny um is uh ted barrett probably the, the softest speaking best umpire there is but he's a boxer it's <laughs> <laughs> gonna mess with him but i think you almost have, you have to have that kind of toughness to be an oh umpire, yeah you know i mean because you you know even if you're perfect nobody's gonna think you are um, because I imagine, I imagine that those games that have gone, you know, even those games that are going the Cardinals way or whatever, they're still the, oh man, you missed those calls or whatever, you know, whatever. Um, or even if it's, you know, and the, and the box on TV probably didn't help them, you know, cause I don't know. It's, it's, it's pretty accurate, but not, you know, a hundred percent accurate. And some people complain about it a lot more, but, um, and I think replay has shown, you know, they're right a lot of the time on the calls. Um, I wouldn't want the job. I'll tell you that much. I'm yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um, there, there was a, it, it's funny. And there was a play at the plate yesterday and I'm not, I'm think it was in the white Sox game that mm-hmm. was bang, bang. And the fact that he got it right was amazing. I mean, it, it, it's really impressive that they are as good as they are for as much as we beat them up, man. Some of those calls are, it's crazy. That being said, there are still some bad apples, and Angel Hernandez has no business being an empire. Yeah, there's. Yeah, I, I understand. And he, you know what? He scores well. I think. And I don't know. It's 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 weird. Uh, maybe I haven't well, I looked at his scorecard, but it's always something. Yeah. With Angel, you know, I mean, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, there's a reason why he hasn't been in the postseason, and it's not because of his ethnicity. Sure. Sure. Um. Anyway, um, Cardinals have. Two with the Cubs today, four over this weekend. John Lester gets to pitch in Wrigley again, um, which might be a problem, especially if the winds blow it out, but we'll see. Um, what, I mean, you you know I've talked about it, that the Cubs are dangerous because you don't know who they are and they're not playing for anything. They're just trying to you know earn a spot for next year. Um but how do you think this weekend goes? Well, I, there's blood in the water for St. Louis. I'm not as worried about it. I mean, and the thing is, if you can go in there and split, I would take that as a success. You know, not mm-hmm. that uh, – yeah. because now there's going to be a little bit of coast at this point to me. Just because I th- feel like that you're in a pretty safe spot to see the, see the Cincinnati loss last night, that, that Philadelphia still has to play Atlanta one more time. I mean, I, I think that you're in a pretty good situation. So a split would probably be good. We may see some – some managing that kind of leads to that a little bit, but uh, I'm not as worried about this series as I was going into it. And I think that, you know, the, the, the sweep of San Diego, and then I was just expecting to split or to hopefully win the series. So they wouldn't 
clinch in front of you in Milwaukee gives you a lot of confidence. I think that you're going to go in, and I don't think it's going to be as uh, as divisive as I expected. You know, the Cubs aren't going to come in now to, hey, let's knock them out, because I just don't think it's going to happen. No, but they also probably got it, may have a little bit of motivation trying to end a, end a long winning streak. Oh, I, I fully expect to see the streak to end yeah. today. You know, just yeah. because it, the, the typical, you know, doubleheader is usually a split. So yeah. I would expect it to end today. I would think so. Um, the good thing is, like you were saying, seven innings, if you could get a lead, especially with this, you know, if Hap pitches pitches five good innings and you got a good chance of winning. Yeah. You know, Matt Cap, you'll see because it depends on what they do with Flaherty, obviously, but, and who comes in behind him. But, um, but you know, you have two less innings to, of course you have two less innings to come back too. And yeah. the Cardinals have played some, some gotten some scoring in the late innings over the last little bit. So there's that too. Um, yeah. I, you know, I don't, I'm not as concerned until you've got that X next to you in the, in the standings. I'm always going to be somewhat concerned because sure. what we just saw, I mean, we've, I mean, granted it's taken a 12 game winning streak for the Cardinals to do this, but we've seen how quickly it turned around for them. You know, there's still 10, 11 games left for everybody, 12 games for the Cardinals. You know, it's not out of the realm of possibility for it to turn around for somebody else. Sure. Um, but I agree. I think that it's a focused team. It's a team that's, you know, got everything going together. And even if they hit a couple of, of bumps in the road, I mean, and there's there's I know that Joe Sheehan has put out that there's really not any correlation to how teams play in September and how they play in October, but still sometimes feels like it. Right. I mean, it feels like well, he's going to throw a blanket on any fire. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm just, sorry to go well, off but, on that, but yeah, no, but I think it's, it can be a good thing because you, you start to worry. I mean, the Cardinals have won 12 in a row right here. But, you know, that's not going to – they're not going to win 34 in a row or whatever the case may be, and they're going to hit a down spot. You know, if they hit a down spot before this, you know, as they go – maybe they lose the last two or three of the season. Yeah. Are you going into the into October? And that one, Of course, you only got that one-game playoff, so it may not matter. But, you know, are you worried about, you know, them peaking too early, I guess is what yeah. I guess is. No, 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 no. And you, you, trust me, I didn't, I didn't realize where you were going with that. As a yeah. huge college basketball fan – I am I am always one of those guys that feel like the undefeated team needs to get beat before the tournament because I feel like the pressure's on you that that much yeah. more. So no, I know exactly what you mean by that. But yeah. you bring up Sheehan, and although I like him, it's just like sometimes I just don't understand how baseball's fun for a guy like that. Yeah, and I will say the postseason is postseason is different enough that I could understand that because I think that you know you're running into good pitchers most of the time, you're running into you know stressful situations. You know, some teams can handle it, some teams can't. Um, I don't know that there's correlation. I, I would rather be winning games going into the playoffs than not. But, yeah. yeah, you know, I can understand the idea of, well, you know, if I've only got, only got so many bullets, let's use them in the postseason. I don't know. Yeah. So, but we'll see. And thankfully, we'll get a chance. I mean, knock on all the sorts of wood and everything, but, you know, we should get a chance to see that, at least have a one shot at it. Um, Alan, I'll be with you next week. Um, and we will know by then, I would hope, I hope that next Friday, uh, as the Cardinals start their last series with the Cubs, we're not trying to figure out, um, whether they're going to make the playoffs or not. Cause that means this week hasn't gone well, but, um, but hopefully we'll know by then and, uh, we'll be, get you ready for that, that one game playoff. We'll talk about that then, but until next time, 
That's Alan. I'm Daniel. Good night. Good night. They just won't go away.